Hey you, welcome to Taylor Shapers of Influence podcast, where we discuss the people, places, and things that will influence us. We'll dissect the integrated worlds of marketing, pop culture, and everything in between, from fashion to sports to entertainment. We're not only creating conversations, we're leading them too. Join us. Hello, and welcome to our Shapers of Influence podcast. We are joined today by a very special guest. She is the former president and CEO of the United States Tennis Association, the first black woman and youngest person to ever hold the position, a champion tennis player, a sports commentator, and now author, Katrina Adams. As an avid tennis fan and tennis player, I'm so excited to be speaking with you. So thank you so much for joining us. For having me. It's exciting. So congratulations on publishing your first book, own the arena. Can you tell us what your book is about and what inspired you to write it? Um, well, it's uh, own the arena, getting ahead, making a difference, um, and succeeding as the only one. And and so it really focuses on some of the, the some of the successes that I've had as either the only woman in the room, the only black person in the room, only person of color in a room, um, in the business world. Uh, as well as even during my playing career, <clears throat> different situations um, as a former professional tennis player where I found myself as the only one. So I'm really excited to share that story with you. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that story. So you started your book with the contentious U.S. Open 2018 Women's Finals between Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams. For our listeners who don't know, the match generated a lot of controversy due to a series of altercations between Serena and the chair umpire, Carlos Ramos. Katrina, this was your last year as president of the USTA. What was your response to that? Yeah, no, it was, you know, it was, it was important for me to kind of uh, clear the air, if you will. There was so much speculation and assumptions around um, that event, what what occurred on, on the court, what happened. Um, on the ceremony dais afterwards with, with my speech, words that were misconstrued, et cetera. So I just thought it was very important for me to be able to kind of clear the air, if you will, and, and give, you know, give my point of view as to what happened and how I see it and, and how I was received um, and the controversy that came behind it. So uh, hopefully, people can walk away after reading it and go, oh, okay, well, yeah, now I know. That's really interesting. It's good that the book gives you the opportunity to do so. So when you retired from your career as a tennis player, you had to transition your life from the court to off the court. How have you done so? You know, I, I played on the tour for 12 years, and, and while I was playing, um, I did a lot of other things. Uh, you know, I, I represented uh, the players on our WTA Players Association board, which then turned into the WTA Tour board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did a little commentating here and a little commentating there. But when I retired from the tour, I was actually sought after by the USTA to become a national coach. And, and so I did that. I, I focused on the Southern region, the Southeast region of the country, uh, moved to Atlanta, essentially located in the, in the region that I was supporting. I did that for about four years and, uh, you know, really kind of learned how to manage, uh, time better on a business side, uh, managing budgets, things of that nature that I had no, really had no skills, um, to do before that. And, um, on a business level. And I took some time off and, and really focused on 
what did I want to do next? I went into commentating and became a full-time commentator at Tennis Channel when they started in 2003 and uh, moved forward, fast forward. I got involved in the Harlem Junior Tennis and Education Program uh, here in Harlem, New York, and where I've been for 15 years. And that's where I really started to cultivate uh, my business acumen and understanding what it meant to be a boss, uh, a leader, uh, you know, with a staff, a budget, families that we supported, et cetera. And, uh, and things just kind of grew from there. So it was always opportunities that presented, presented themselves and I was able to, uh, to grab a hold of them. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, so with that being said, what skills have you taken from the court to the corporate world? You know, I love the sport of tennis. The tennis, tennis really teaches you a lot about yourself. Uh, you know, it's an individual sport, even though you work with a team of people, whether it's a coach, whether it's your partner or opponent on the other side of the net, but it really teaches you how to build your self-confidence, your self-esteem, how to be disciplined, how to uh, manage time, um, how to deal with adversity. All these different things are taught. These are lessons that are taught through our sport. And because of that, there are also lessons that we need in everyday life and particularly in a business setting. And, and so those are some of the skill sets that I've been able to uh, bring to the table, bring to the room um, in a business sense, particularly with my confidence. Um, you know, I walk into a room and, and my people say that my confidence just exudes. They can feel that, uh, that aura when I walk into a room. And, and, and that's, that's purposeful. Um, because I, I really never try to walk into a room kind of sheepishly, sheepishly looking around or, you know, I do like to stand in the background to kind of observe before mm -hmm. I thrust myself in the center of the room. But within moments, I'm going to be in the center of the room. Um, and that's because I've already navigated. I've seen who's in the room. Hopefully I've done my homework to know who's going to be there before I get there. Um, and maybe try to streamline and, and, and you know, really put myself um, in their presence, introducing myself, et cetera. So those are, that's a lot that I've got from tennis. I was a serve and volleyer, a net rusher. So kind of a, a really aggressive approach, if you will, uh, as a tennis player, which kind of translates into my everyday life. I mean, I kind of want to dig a little deeper into that because remember we had a conversation a, a few weeks ago and you mentioned how um, tennis players have this uh, they think a little differently than most people. Um, they have this like character and stuff that they've gotten from the court and they can also translate to that corporate life. So could you like elaborate more on that? Yeah, you know, part of it is that, you know, we're, we're repetition, you know, yeah. we're training ourselves to be repetitive. Everything is repetitive. We, had, we go out and train, we, we hit a thousand balls or however many number balls you're hitting on, on any different shot. Um, and it's the same thing that you kind of bring into the your business life, right? Into the corporate world. Everything's repetitive. You, you're reviewing your documents. You're reviewing your, your presentation. You're reviewing, reviewing, reviewing um, to get better. And, and that's what, what we're doing in, in tennis. Um, tennis also teaches you how to win and how to lose. Um, more how to lose than to win. Because learn more from your losses than you do your wins. When you're winning, your chest is out. You're walking tall and you think nothing can, can harm you, right? But when you lose, then you're like, gosh, you, you're reviewing again, right? You're reassessing. What, it, what could I have done differently? How could I get better? How, how would I approach this going forward? Same thing in a business sense. You know, if you don't get a project of something that you, 
been working on and you didn't get rewarded, um, you know, the, the deal, gosh, what didn't we do right? Yeah. Or not so much right. What can we do differently? Right. You know, how can we get better? And, and so tennis players, we're used to losses, unless you're like a Roger Federer or Serena Williams, you know, the top of the world where your losses are, are, are less than your wins. The majority of the players are either 50-50 or more losses than wins when it really comes down to it. And so those are the things that have translated from tennis into my, my business acumen. Yeah. Um, you also talk about good sportsmanship in your book. So again, how does that translate to the, the workplace? You know, tennis is a, is a sport that's built on sportsmanship. Um, it's, you know, it's on a handshake. It's calling your, your own lines, you know, being fair along the way. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, if, I, if I'm known to be a cheater or a cheat on the tennis court, you know, calling balls out that are in, then I'm probably going to navigate my way through life as a cheat, you know, and, and cutting corners and just right. ahead because winning is more important than the learning process. And, and so that's why I think sports like tennis and golf and these individual sports where it's really up to you to be honest, um, to call your bad shots and, and, and your mistakes, own up to your mistakes that will translate over into how we really operate on a day-to-day -day basis in the real world, if you will, and, and, and work. And so I think it's so important that we are kind to ourselves, but we're kind to our opponents on the court, but also we're kind to our colleagues that we work with, and then those opponents that we are perhaps trying to compete against um, in a big deal. And yeah, we're gonna be a little harsh and a little aggressive along the way, but at the end of the day, we're all human and we deserve to be treated uh, fairly and, and with respect. Oh yeah, of course, exactly. So if you had one piece of advice to give to a tennis player who is considering closing out their career on the court, what would it be? Well, first of all, if, you know, if they're a professional tennis player and, you know, congratulations to them because they've, they've put a lot of years, a lot of days, a lot of hours, minutes, and seconds into uh, trying to be the best at their craft. Um, and there's always, there's, there's always going to be an end, um, whether it's age, whether it's just ability, you know, your body's breaking down, what have you. So, you know, what's important, you know, the, the question is, what is it that you love to do? What's important to you? What skill sets do you have? What is the training that you have in those areas? And then make sure that you're communicating. You want to be networking before your career is over. It's all about networking with people that you meet along the way. We, we, we as players have been fortunate to meet CEOs from all over the world in all, all industries. And how do you see yourself fitting in perhaps one of their companies? Um, and yeah, maybe you're going to be starting down at the bottom and working your way up. But if it's something that you're really intrigued by, go after it. It's about communicating. It's about reaching out. Um, along the way, it's about saying thank you when you meet someone, sending them a little thank you note. Um, nowadays, it's emails. But if you can send a handwritten note, that goes a long way. Um, for someone that you just met, says, wow, I really enjoyed meeting you, enjoyed our conversation. I'm very interested in, in your industry. I'd love to learn more about it because I think it's something that I'd like to pursue once I retire. So, you know, networking, um, perhaps finding a mentor along the way 
that that's in the business in industry that you're interested in going in that can start to give you some tips um, and then do a lot of research and, and, and find that space that's right for you. Thank you for that advice, Katrina. Um, any final words you'd like to add? No, I think it's important. First of all, go out and buy my book. If you haven't bought it already, <laughs> own the arena. Um, it went on sale on the 23rd. So, you know, I think it's really important that um, everyone has the ability to own their identity, own their voice, which is owning their worth. Um, these are all the things that I talk about in the book um, so that you can own your arena. Your arena is what you make of it. It can be your living room, it can be in your office, it can be a broader space, but being confident in yourself is what's most important. And not everybody exudes that confidence outwardly. A lot of it is inward. Um, you know, we have our introverts. It doesn't mean that they're not confident. They just may not exude it as, as, as much as I or someone else would, which a more outgoing personality. But if you can just take the time um, to reach out to a colleague, to a friend, you know, in your network, uh, in your village, that can help you help propel you to that next level. And you may be at the level that you want. Not everybody is meant to be in a C-suite. You know, you may be at the level that you want, but be the best at that level that you can be and make sure you're reaching back to bring others along because that's, that's truly making a difference in, in your life personally, but also in someone else's life. So uh, buy the book, read the book, and hopefully you'll learn, uh, learn a few things from it. Oh, that's, that's a really great piece of advice. It's basically a lot of things that my parents have told me my whole life is no matter what you do, just make sure you you try your best and be the best at what you're doing. So thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you. Undervina is out now. You can get your copy at harperscollins.com, Amazon, Google Play, and Barnes and Nobles and basically anywhere you can find a book. So thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a thank great pleasure. Thank you for having me, really. Well, that wraps up this episode of Taylor's Shapers of Influence. To learn more about what we do at Taylor, you can find us at taylorstrategy.com. Looking for more episodes of the podcast? Find us wherever you stream stuff. We're on iTunes and other major streaming platforms. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Strategy. Thanks for stopping by and tuning in. Peace.